Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memorabay Ram Golder, and today we're in Zechus Rosh Hashanah, Daf Tezan, the first parak, Arba Rosh Hashanah. The Zechus Rosh Hashanah has been generally sponsored as a schus for Chaya Bas Esther. This daf includes many of the well-known Hashkafic sources of Rosh Hashanah, including how frequently one is judged, why the shofar is blown, and the three svarim that are open on that day. So the three topics are going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states, Ba'arba Prakima Orum Nidon, at four junctures during the year, the world is judged. The Gemara asks who the town of the Mishnah is, as it's clear that it's not in accordance with the following four Tanaim mentioned in the Brisa. Ramir says that all matters are judged in Rosh Hashanah, and their Gzardin is on Yom Kippur. Rabbi says that all matters are judged in Rosh Hashanah, and their Gzardin is in its proper time, on Pesach with the grain, on Shavuos with the fruit of the tree, etc. Rabbi says that man is judged every day, as it says in the Pasuk, you inspect him in the morning. Rabbi Nassim says, Adam Nidom Man is judged every moment, as it's stated at the end of the same Pasuk, Every moment you examine him. The world concludes that the ton is a ton from the Academy of Rabbi Shmuel, who holds that the world is judged at four junctures. Point number two, the Gemara brings a Bryce that teaches what a Baruch who tells B'nai Yisrael to do at each of the four junctures in order to receive favorable judgments. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, he says, Recite before me on Rosh Hashanah the Psukim of Kingship, Remembrance, and Shofar. Psukim of kingship, in order to accept my sovereignty upon yourselves. Psukim of remembrance, so that your remembrance should rise before me favorably. And with what should these psukim be recited? Beshofar, with the shofar. Rabbi Yabo said, why do we blow with the shofar of a ram? Akash Baruch Hu said, blow before me using a shofar of a ram. So that I will remember for you a kedus Yitzhak ben Avram, and I'll consider it for you as if you had bound yourselves before me. And point number three, Rabbi Kruspadai said in the name of Yochanan, three books are opened on Rosh Hashanah. One for the completely wicked, one for the completely righteous, and one for the intermediate people. The completely righteous are written and sealed immediately for life. The completely wicked are written and sealed immediately for death. The intermediate people are held in abeyance from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. If they merit it, they are written for life. If they don't merit it, they are written for death. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, At four junctures during the year, the world is judged. The Gemara asks who the town of the Mishnah is, as it's clear that it's not in accordance with the following four tonight mentioned in Abraisa. Ramir says that all matters are judged on Rosh Hashanah, and their Gzardin is on Yom Kippur. Rav Yudah says that all matters are judged on Rosh Hashanah, and their Gzardin is in its proper time, on Pesach for the grain, on Shavuos for the fruit of the tree, etc. Rav Yossi says, Adam Nidam B'choyom. Man is judged every day, as it says in the Pasuk, You inspect him in the morning. Rabbi Nassim says, Man is judged every moment, as it stated at the end of the same Pasuk, Every moment you examine him. The world concludes that the Tana is a Tana from the Academy of Rabbi Shmoel, who holds that the world is judged at four junctures. Point number two, the Gemara brings a Baraisa that teaches what a Baruch who tells B'nai Yisrael to do at each of the four junctures in order to receive favorable judgments. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, he says, Recite before me on Rosh Hashanah the Psukim of Kingship, Remembrance and Shofar, Psukim of Kingship, in order to accept my sovereignty upon yourselves, Psukim of Remembrance, so that your remembrance should rise before me favorably, and with what should these Psukim be recited? 
the shofar, with the shofar. Rabbi Baruch said, why do we blow with the shofar of a ram? Because Baruch said, blow before me using a shofar of a ram, so that I will remember for your sake, and I'll consider it for you as if you had bound yourselves before me. And pointing with you, Rabbi Chrisvedai said, and then Rabbi Yochanan, Shoshisvarim Three books are open on Rosh Hashanah. Echot Shor Shan Gemurim, Echot Shor Siddiqim Gemurim, Echot Shor Benonim. One for the completely wicked, one for the completely righteous, and one for the intermediate people. Siddiqim Gemurim, Nichtavim, Nechtamim, Laotor Chaim. The completely righteous are written and sealed immediately for life. Rosham Gemurim, Nichtavim, Nechtamim, Laotor Lamisa. The completely wicked are written and sealed immediately for death. Benonim, Tulin, Vaomdim, Rosh Hashanah, Vaad Yom Kippurim. The intermediate people are held in the banks from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur. Zachu, Nichtavim, Lachaim. If they merit it, they are written for life. If they do not merit it, they are written for death. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Duff Tazine, and our standard Simmer is toes, and we've been using an acrobat with big toes in many of the Simonim. So here goes. The acrobat with the big toes, who did backflips in front of judges every day, while reciting three sets of psukim and blowing a shofar, would wait anxiously to see which book of results they would write him into. Once again, in slow motion. The acrobat with the big toes, acrobat with big toes, that must be on Duff Tazayan. The acrobat with the big toes who did backflips in front of judges every day, which reminds us the next mission of Zayt's Ba'arba Prakima Olam Nidon. At four junctures during the year, the world is judged. The Gemara asks who the town of the Mishnah is, as it's clear that it's not in accordance with four Tanaim who all hold differently regarding when and how frequently one is judged. So the acrobat with the big toes who did backflips in front of judges every day, while reciting three sets of psukim, and blowing a shofar, which reminds us, the more brings a price that teaches what a Kashbarhu tells B'nai Israel to do at each of the four junctures in order to receive favorable judgments. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, he says, Imu Afani Rosh Hashanah, Machios Zichorans Veshofar. So reside before me on Rosh Hashanah, the Psukim of Kingship, Remembrance, and Shofar. So the acrobat with the big toes who did backflips in front of judges every day, or reciting three sets of Psukim and blowing a shofar, would wait anxiously to see which book of results they would write him into. Which reminds Rabbi Kruz what I said in the Rabbi Yochanan, three books are opened on Rosh Hashanah. So once again, the acrobat with the big toes who did backflips in front of judges every day while reciting three sets of psukim and blowing a shofar would wait anxiously to see which book of results they would write him into. All right, now it's time for a four-block back Chazara. So the symbol of base is 12 brothers. So here it goes. As one brother, one brother of twelve? Twelve brothers? That must be one duff. Yud Beis. As one brother played with his remote-controlled boat in a boiling cauldron of hot water, which reminds us that according to Belezer, the change in nature during the Mabul is that they were punished with boiling water since they sinned with a boiling substance, meaning semen, and this is learned from the word Shachacha mentioned by the Mabul, which means subsided, and by Megillus Esther with Machamas Amel, Shachacha. The anger of the king cooled down. So, as one of the brothers played with his remote-controlled boat in a boiling cauldron of hot water, his eleven brothers were busy taking miser from their beloved vegetables, which reminds us that Bryson mentioned the Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for both the Durban of tithing vegetables and for Derisa Maestras. He mentioned Maestras Yark first, since it's Chavitom, because it's the Durbanan. So, as one brother played with his remote-controlled boat in a boiling cauldron of hot water, his eleven brothers were busy taking miser from their beloved vegetables, while standing under a big sign reminding them not to take my sushani, 
in the third and sixth years. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings a source that there's no chi of a Meiser Shani in the third and sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, but the Pasuk said Shnasa Meiser, referring to only one Meiser, and not the typical two of Meiser Rishon and Meiser Shani. We know that Meiser Rishon is always brought based on a Hekish of Meiser Rishon Tanachalah, just as an inheritance has no interruption, so too Meiser Rishon has no interruption, but is received by the Levi every year in the Shemitah cycle. Daf Yud Gimel, so the Simber Daf Yud Gimel is a Bar Mitzvah boy. So here goes. The Bar Mitzvah boy, Bar Mitzvah boy, that must be on Daf Yud Gimel. The Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, which reminds us more about a mission that taught the Protestant and olives required tithing from they grow to one-third of their maturity. Rush explains the Protestant refers to grains and grapes. Rabbi Yermi said, Rabbi Zera, they shouldn't cast aspersions on the measurements of their bun for call me to Sochum and Kendu. All the measurements of their bun are like that. They're given in exact terms. So the Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, hoping it would last for three years, which reminds us, the Gemara seeks a source for the rule. The produce is assigned to a given year based on when it reaches one-third of its maturity. Stoughton and Bryce, where Yonas and Yonas says, the Pasuk states, I will ordain my brach for you in the sixth year, and it will make a crop sufficient for the three years. Do not read it as it's written, for the three years, rather read it as though it's written, for a third of the crop. So that the sense of the Pasuk is that produce is considered finished when it's one-third ripe, and it's this moment that determines to which year's crop it should be assigned. So the Bar Mitzvah boy excitedly used his new Rabbanan's measurement kit to determine exactly when his plant reached a third of its growth, hoping it would last for three years, and also to check if his kidneys had taken root. Which reminds me, more brings a mission in Shvi's that teaches rice, mill, poppy, and sesame, which are all types of kidneys, that took root before Shoshana are tithed according to the past year, and are permitted on the seventh year. But if they took root after Shoshana, they're forbidden during the seventh year and are tied according to the coming year, since they are harvested a few at a time, resulting in some being picked before Shoshana, and some after the Rabban chose to assign them based on taking root. Daf Yudal, so the similar Daf Yudal at his hands, and we use a juggler. So here goes. The juggler, juggler, that must be more on Daf Yudal at hand. The juggler performing in the freezing cold at the tree's birthday party, which reminds us, the Gemara asks what the reason is that the Rosh Hashanah for trees is in Shvat, and answers, based on the same the Rebbe Lazar said in the Rebbe Oshia, that even though most of the winter season is yet to come, the Rosh Hashanah for trees is still in Shvat, because most of the rain days of the year have already passed. And Rosh explains that these rains cause the sap to rise in the trees, and it's this that will cause the new fruits to emerge. So the juggler performing in the freezing cold at the tree's birthday party, juggling Meiser Ani and Meiser Esrogim at the same time, which reminds us that there was an incident with Kiba where he picked the fruits of an Esrog tree on the first of Shvat in the third year of the Shemitah cycle and he subjected them to two ties. Meiser Ani in accordance with Beishami hold that Rosh Hashanah trees begins on the first of Shvat and Meiser Shani in accordance with Beishim will hold that Rosh Hashanah does not begin until the 15th. I think more asked if we act in accordance with two Chumras since the Brites taught. The one who adopts the chumras of both Beishamah and Beishilah, the Pasuk states, and the fool goes in darkness. So how then could Rabbi Akiva act in accordance with both? The Gemara answers Rabbi Akiva meant to follow the opinion of Beishilah, but was unsure which date Beishilah held. Therefore, he gave both ties. So the juggler performing in the freezing cold at the tree's birthday party, juggling Meiser Ani and Meiser Shani Esrogim, at the same time, threw three Esrogim up, high as the tree, and one down, as low as a vegetable. Which reminds us, 
Rabbi Yossi Bar Yuda says Rabbi Kiva was subjecting the Esrog to two ties according to the practice of Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Lezer due to his uncertainty as to the halacha in their Malchogs. Rabbi Gamliel said an Esrog is similar to a tree in three ways and to a vegetable in one way. It's similar to a tree in regard to Orl or Vayan Shmi in that it goes Basar Chanata and it's similar to a vegetable in one way its status regarding Meister is determined at the time of Akita, at the time that it's picked. Whereas Rabbi Lezer says the Esrog is similar to a tree in every respect even regarding Meiser. According to Rabbi Yossi, Bar Yehuda, Rabbi Kiva was unsure as to whose opinion to follow, so he took both. Dov Tezvav, so the similar Dov Tezvav is a fruit bowl. So here goes. The farmhands who collected the Esrogim with fingerprints all over them into fruit bowls, fruit bowls, that must be on Dov Tezvav, too, to Bishvat. The farmhands who collected the Esrogim with fingerprints all over them into fruit bowls, which reminds rubble holes that even though an Esrog had Hanat in the sixth year, because everyone's hands touches it during the seventh year, it's practically ownerless and therefore putter from Maestras. So the farmhands who collected the estrogen with fingerprints all over them into fruit bowls from the crop that emerged and were picked in the same year, which reminds Rabbi Shimon ben Yudah said the name of Rabbi Shimon, that for something to be chayv in Maestras or Bure, it must have chanat and lakita in the same year. So the farmhands who collected the estrogen with fingerprints all over them into fruit bowls from the crop that emerged and were picked in the same year, worked for a farmer who was embased in testifying as Rogan go after Lakita for Meiser and Chanata for Shemitah. Which reminds us, we learned that Rabbah and Rafamuna go according to Thomas, who testified that an Esra goes after its picking for Meiser and after Chanata for Shemitah. However, the Rabban ruled that we follow the time of its picking for Meiser and Shemitah. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ramgul wishing you a great day and great learning.